What up, what up, what up, what up, what up? This is Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V. Happy Wednesday. Woke up this morning with a song on my lips and the tiredness in my brain. Like every day. <laughs> no, I'm having, a, I'm having a really good time. The more that I work, the more I'm realizing I'm starting to kind of understand why a lot of people who are in those high profile positions operate the way that they do, why they have like an assistant, why they have uh, someone following them around telling them their schedule. I'm not saying that I'm in that position at all, not even close, but I know that the more I start to do, the more projects I work on, the more people I collaborate with, the less time I have. And I mean very little time. I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like, (laughs) if I'm working on something with some people, I can't just say, oh yeah, let's sit and let's hang out and, you know, let's chop it up and, you know, then we'll figure it out and then we'll, we'll talk about it some more and we'll meet again in a week and all this stuff. Nah, we gotta go. We gotta... We got to, if we're doing this, if we want to do something that we want to put out, like, on Saturday, and we say we want to work on it Saturday, we better fucking finish it Saturday or Sunday, because there's just no time, because you're not just sitting around doing nothing, even if, even if I'm playing a video game, even if I'm kind of like penciling in that relaxation time, I'm doing that almost as like, almost as like fuel so I can, I can talk some more about some cool stuff on here, which is another thing. It's, it's projects, man. Like time to hang out and go into trivia night at the bar and to go to, um, Hey, there's this extra meetup. Unless if it's not productive toward what I'm trying to accomplish, I'm, I'm I'm sorry. My time is it's getting thinner and thinner, and it's really fascinating. So I'm starting to understand. Like I have to, or I've had to learn to get stuff done quickly. To think about how I'm going to do it which is basically working on other stuff. Then when I figure out, okay, now I know how to do it, stop what you're doing, knock that part, knock that project out, send it on, move on to the next thing, it's time. And I'm saying this, not even just to like blow smoke or blow steam or blow leaves or whatever the fuck you're supposed to say, but I'm thinking about what I have upcoming next. Tonight and today, I got to knock something out for somebody else. And tomorrow I'm meeting with a homie and I'm trying to help him get his thing going. And then Friday is a good, uh, a good rest day, but more than likely it's going to be following up on what I worked on today to make sure that I'm actually like it to the degree that that I want. Do I need to redo any of it? Saturday, is a legit rest day. But then Sunday, we're working on another on another project. And uh, 
and then Monday I'm going to be doing some editing for someone else and it's just like holy shit it's non-stop and that's in between uploading my stuff like I had to finish my song for the week yesterday like last night I basically finished it I'm probably going to put in a couple of like piano flourishes or maybe I'll change the ending or something but I know that I'm not going to have time this week or this weekend on Sunday when I upload it that's truth man it's pretty weird to admit but that's kind of how my life is going and honestly I couldn't really be happier if I tried it's it's so satisfying just from an artistic standpoint from a creative standpoint and from somebody who really likes to try and accomplish some things so I'm very happy about it and uh, that's just the way the world works welcome to otaku beef I'm Zid Raw, and as always, we're talking anime, manga, hip-hop, and, for now, video games. Now, here's what I like to do. I like to get into uh, talks about, like, ideas, notions, concepts. Occasionally, I'll talk about something specific, but I like doing deep dives because I'm so fascinated about how, like, the human mind works. Why is it that we as a culture, as subsets of cultures, do certain things over other things? How is it that certain uh, methods become standardized over other methods, so forth and so on? And recently, because I'm, I'm super into like just like nostalgia in a general sense and how it's important important and how people like sink into it I started thinking about the golden era that whole concept of this is the golden era of blank in particular of RPGs so if we use Final Fantasy as just like your that's your your base level standard RPG that you know most people have played even people that are just kind of casual RPG fans for the most part they will have more than likely played a Final Fantasy game so when I think about that game and we think about the the type of game it is right RPGs are about expansive worlds they're about exploration they're about Discovery, they're about strategy or team-based combat, sometimes action-based combat. You have swords, you have sorcery, you have magic, occasional guns, but they don't operate as guns do in the real world. They're more like, this gun takes off so many hit points. There's the concept of hit points. You can heal yourself with potions, so forth and so on. When you ask RPG gamers, what's the golden age of RPGs? There's a common answer. They say the Super Nintendo era, Final Fantasy VI is the best of the Final Fantasies. Chrono Trigger is a perfect game. And that's that. They say that RPGs were better. And they say that gameplay is what makes the RPG good. And story, not graphics. That that particular time and era was just the best when it came to role-playing games. So, 
I've never really understood that statement or even agreed simply for the fact that typically for things to go on and continue they have to evolve and evolution basically means change they evolve or they die off if the game stayed the same they wouldn't have been competitive with the new way of thinking with other different types of games they needed to evolve to thrive and i think the whole notion of because this was the way things were done first that means that they are better it's kind of crazy to me and when i say first these obviously aren't the very first rpgs final fantasy 1 and 2 were on the nintendo and then we'll say like Zelda in terms of an adventure style uh, action game, which has some RPG elements, is also on the Nintendo NES. Um, so Super Nintendo really is just the first, the first major evolution of the RPG game. And we didn't get them all in the United States at first. Eventually we got Final Fantasy fourth no 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 we got we got final fantasy 6 which became our final fantasy 3 that's kind of how it started and then retroactively we were able to play 5 and 4 so looking at this let's really discuss why is this one considered to be great or better or the best or amazing or whatever why is it that people always say that Final Fantasy VI is the best Final Fantasy? Now, when I talk about RPGs, I'm mostly talking about JRPGs. I spent the majority of my free time as a kid, well, maybe not majority, I spent a large quantity of, the free, of my free time wandering and exploring and visiting strange locales and locations and different RPG settings and I had a great time it was awesome but I didn't start out on the Super Nintendo games for RPGs and Lord knows I'm old enough to have I had a friend in middle school and I remember because I had never really played RPGs like that but he was we were playing video games. We were staying up all night, you know, as you tend to do when you're like 12. And he was like, oh, check out this game, check out this game. He's one of those friends that had a lot of money. His mom had a really good job uh, working for a local sports team. I mean like, I mean like the, uh, the baseball team, the, uh, the Rangers. And I don't know if she did marketing or advertising, whatever, but she had decent money and he got to go to a lot of games and shit. But he had basically every video game on the block and he loved them all he was a fun guy so anyway he was showing me this game and i didn't know what was going on it's like the characters seemed small and squashy the he walked around in this patch of like fuzzy green and then he wandered over and then he was in a ship like an actual like pirate ship flying in the sky and there was all these other squashy people and then there was a, a, a patch of sand and there was monsters he was showing me final fantasy six or as he had it final fantasy three like the latest and greatest and i remember renting yeah we did used to rent video games back in the day i had rented uh an rpg 
for the Nintendo, I think, I think it was the Nintendo, it was probably, no, it had to have been the Nintendo, it had to have been, so anyways, I'm going through the game, and I'm in a village, and I wander, and something happens, and then there was like, I go to some patch of dirt, but then it's, I'm stuck, and I walk outside, and the screen changes, and there's like a monster, and then I die, I don't even remember what game that was, but it just felt weird and awkward, and I didn't know really what was going on, and I hadn't any other, like, concept of what an RPG game was, I was used to playing uh, Super Mario Brothers, and games where you run and jumped and platformed, like Aladdin and like a whole bunch of shit like that. So seeing this type of game and how it looked and how it functioned, it seemed weird to me. I had no idea what was really going on. So eventually when I got a little bit older and uh, my obsession with uh, my, my obsession with fighting games continued because that was my game. Like if I wasn't uh, Mario or a platformer, I was playing some sort of fighting game. I was playing Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2. Yeah, I loved it. Or I was playing, I had every fighter fighting game. I even had this one game for the Sega called Eternal Champions, which was a, in retrospect a piece of shit, but <laughs> I love that game. It was, it, it, it was crazy and weird. Um, so yeah, if it wasn't those games, if it wasn't a fighting game, I probably wasn't playing it. You know what I'm saying? So that was kind of my that was kind of my uh, exposure to RPG RPG titles. They were strange and they were weird. I didn't really know what was going on, but someone uh, someone showed them to me. Uh, every now and then and it wasn't until I was a little bit older and my cousin had a PlayStation I didn't have a PlayStation yet but she was like yo check this game out and she was showing me uh, Final Fantasy I was like huh what in the world what in the world is going on now that was the first RPG that I really like ever saw. Like, that was the first one that I really ever saw. And it stuck. Now the weird part about Final Fantasy VII being the first RPG that I'm claiming is that I may be wrong. It may not have been the first RPG. Because I have memories of playing Super Mario RPG, but I think I played that around the time when I got a uh, Nintendo 64 and at the same time we just so happened to buy uh, an old Super Nintendo and maybe that maybe I played that before Final Fantasy I don't think so but there were just so many different RPG titles that you could get invested in at the time that it's hard for me to know where it start where it started But I will say this, when I finally got my own PlayStation, 
Final Fantasy VII was definitely the first RPG that I that I bought, and it was the first one I played through from start to finish, stem to stern, everything. Uh, I used the guide for some of it to uh, get to the places that couldn't ordinarily get to. Um, it was really cool. That was back when I didn't care about spoilers, when I didn't care about um, not wanting to know the information in the game and like the discovery. So it's like I would sit, I'd read through the instruction manual on the way home as I'm being driven home by my mom. I would go through the guide and be like, oh, this is gonna happen, oh, this is gonna happen. And it was just excitement, interest. Very different from how I would eventually play RPGs. Like the other ones, I would like go to the guide if I got stuck. But this one, it's almost like I played some, then I'd pause, read the guide, then I played like a couple of different sections, and then I'd be like, well, this section, let me play it with the guide. It was a lot of fun. And from everything that I can kind of see, most of it seemed better than Final Fantasy VI. Like, legitimately. Where there's this thing when we're discussing about... Um, when we are discussing the best, I feel like nostalgia kind of gets in the way of accuracy. And really, as I've said numerous times, when people say, oh, this is actually the best uh, whatever, or this is the, the top five best, a lot of times they're not actually talking about best. They're just talking about their own personal favorites. So, I feel as if Final Fantasy had kind of some of that going for it. Especially Final Fantasy VI. Simply because it came out in a period of time where gamers were really starting to form that sense of uh, quality. And of relative quality, I should say. Where gamers were starting, were, okay, I'm a little bit older now, I kind of have my own money. You know, maybe some of them were starting high school or some of them were in middle school. Depending on the age range, you're starting to say, this is good, this is bad. And you don't just have this, oh, this game is awesome. Like, there's so many shitty games I played through. Like Burger King Kids Club, freaking Pac-Man on PlayStation or on the Nintendo 64 or whatever. So many just shitty games because I wanted to game. We didn't know if it was good or bad. We were just like, oh, this is awesome. And I think that's how movie video games continue is because you're just so happy to be playing Iron Man that you're not realizing these controls are god-awful. But because that was the first video game RPG or the first Final Fantasy that a lot of those guys... Um, and guys in the general sense I'll, I'll say gals from now on that a lot of those gals conceded this is of a top quality it can't be trumped it can't be beaten as in terms of this one is good or this one is better they just say that it's the best RPG it has the best story it has the best villain it has the best music best Even though characters couldn't speak. Even though the musical quality was all chiptunes. 
bit music, even though the writing was very simplistic. So I'm going to go ahead and, and, and just do the, the one-to-one comparison. I think Final Fantasy VII is a better game than Final Fantasy VI. But I think Final Fantasy X is a better game than Final Fantasy VII. And I think Final Fantasy XII is a little bit of a better game than Final Fantasy X in a lot of aspects. I'm not saying that newer is automatically better. Like, my favorite Final Fantasy is Final Fantasy VIII. And I think it is better than Final Fantasy X, but I don't know if it's better than Final Fantasy XII. Final Fantasy XIV, the way it is now, is better than Final Fantasy IX. And Final Fantasy IX is amazing. It's just... You gotta look at what do you mean by better? What do you mean by better? Or or in terms of quality, quality of what? Music, the gameplay, the story? Because it's so hard to aggregate all those different aspects and say based on all these individual sections this is the overall quality ranking it's tough especially when the majority of them are of quality kind of across the board and even what I just said because I was kind of like hastily kind of going through it to illustrate a point there's no guarantee that what I'm saying is true but when I think about comparing things, let's like back to back, Final Fantasy VI versus Final Fantasy VII, and I just compare them down the line, VII seems like it's better, not just a favorite, better. And I can already see people rolling their eyes. They're literally, the, the go-to response, and this has been going on for years, is when someone says... You're only saying that Final Fantasy VII is better because you played it first. If you played Final Fantasy VI first, you'd understand, you know, even in their argument, there's a logical fallacy where they're using circular reasoning to justify, they're literally using the same point to justify why that point is negative against you. They're like, if you played this one first, you would know that this one is better, but you only know that one's better because you played that one first. Well, wait a minute. How can playing something be? How can playing something first be the deciding factor if it doesn't work for both sides? But I digress. Here's the truth, as I see it, at least. It's very difficult for people to kind of let go of uh, their own personal. Um, their own personal stamps of quality because I feel like there's identifying factors. Final Fantasy VI being the best RPG of all time is not just a statement, it's an ID card that people wear around on their chest in terms of like badges, like merit badges, like whatever, whatever seal of approval you put inside your wallet to say, yes, I am a good quality RPG gamer. But I just, I just don't see it. I just do not see it. Final Fantasy VI is a fantastic game with fantastic, interesting, varied storyline, interesting characters, very good music. But so is Final Fantasy VII. So let's just kind of go back to back. Let's go and compare them one to one within this aspect of the game. Who 
gets it, which is better. Which is actually better. And then maybe as we go um, through everything, you can kind of understand what I'm talking about when I say that Final Fantasy overall is a generally better game than Final Fantasy VI. Let's talk about let's talk about the first thing that is kind of like the go-to when you think about Final Fantasy games and what makes them great, and that's the music. Final Fantasy music is iconic. It's it's brilliant. It's big. It's orchestral. It is orchestral and catchy at the same time. It's classical music that people care about, and that's kind of the cool part about video game music and movie music is because people write meaningful scores for both. And Final Fantasy in the video game realm is one of the best at writing. So think about what makes the music so great in each of the Final Fantasy games. What Final Fantasy VI has in spades is catchy, catchy songs, catchy music, you know what I mean? Like, think about how the game opens. It's got Terra's theme, and it's got this beautiful, almost like ethereal theme song that's playing as uh, you and the guards in the Magitech are kind of walking across. So Terra's theme is playing, music is bumping, and it just feels right. And then you have all these other themes. You have Gao's theme, you have Shadow's theme, you have the world theme, which is a Terra's theme, you have Missing Friends. You have a lot of great catchy songs that are very, very memorable. But Final Fantasy VII has that too, but the production capacity is just bigger. You can do more. You can have a little bit more depth of instrumentation. You can have a little bit more variety of tools. It's not just the 16-bit sound card where you just have to make the sounds somewhat, not diminished, but somewhat very uh, focused and very very focused and very precise, I'll say, simply because you can't have a whole orchestra. And it's not to say that Final Fantasy uh, VII music could have like a full-on orchestra, but they were on CDs, so there's the ability to put CD-quality music. I mean, it's not like, not quite, not vinyl, but they could do more and it's not like now obviously just because you can you have more instruments doesn't mean you're going to cook uh, or just because you have more tools and more ingredients doesn't mean you're necessarily going to cook a better meal but if you have the exact same uh, music producer uh, Nobuo Uematsu uh, with his skill set his talent and his basically his vision of what he can craft and what he can concoct composing both the 16-bit and the new stuff to the same degree you you get the, the you get the same catchy themes, but then he can expand. Not only do you have the catchy themes like the uh, the battle, and the boss battle music, but you have um, 
and the the valley of I think it's uh, shit. What is it? Where Red Thirteen's people are from, the Native American style music. You also have these nice orchestral themes. You have One Winged Angel. You have, um, and when you compare that to Kefka's theme, uh, Dancing Mad, they both have the intricacy, but One Winged Angel has the depth because depth because he can do more. So I would argue that the music in Fantas in Final Fantasy VII is objectively better because they put the same he put the same amount of effort into them. I can't really I don't even really know how much effort he put into one versus the other. It's just speculation. But it seems as if the results he got exceeded what he did in Final Fantasy VI, as if he was able to build upon what he knew and what worked with that game and expand upon them. There the the wandering the the worlds you don't necessarily have to have a theme. You can do like, okay, we're going to treat this as if it's a, um, uh, what, what, what are those, what are those called? Sort of like an operatic movement, like how you have Peter and the Wolf in this section, this music plays, and you have, uh, instrument sections. You have your horns and your violins, your violas, you've got your, um, hard clacking sounds you have more variety and it's all used well and I think people just feel like the Terra theme and Final Fantasy 6 music is better because it came first but I think they're both great I just think 7 is objectively better higher of a higher quality for a lot of those reasons that I was just stating right then I think he had the capacity to make them of a higher quality and I think that he succeeded and most of it is like this, but, you know, just piece by piece, starting with the music, yeah? Now, the obvious next topic of comparison is going to be gameplay. That's kind of one of the things where they feel as if the gameplay for Final Fantasy VII is comparable to the gameplay of Final Fantasy VI. I say the gameplay of Final Fantasy VII is an improved version of the gameplay for Final Fantasy VI. And... That's where I feel like we're getting it kind of twisted, is that people feel as if this one is more impactful, and it's easy for the first one out the gate to be more impactful because there's no expectations. But seven took what was used in six, and I feel as if they improved. Now, six did this really beautiful thing where the different characters had different moves and for each move set of each character you have different types of functionalities as an example uh, one of the characters was a brawler so in order to do his moves you couldn't just click the move that you wanted you had to do button button combinations and um, for some of the other characters, like, like as if you were playing like a fighting game, like Street Fighter or something like that. Pretty cool. And a lot of it was just, uh, you know, some of the, something similar. You know, you pick your magic, you pick your whatever. Final Fantasy VII? It just felt a little bit more... It felt a little bit more grounded. Because of the nature of the console, Six's attacks felt quick and the response to each attack 
felt almost like fast, rapid. When you struck an enemy, it made the same kind of uh, sound and they would kind of shift a little bit, but there's no recoil, there's no real reaction. It's just the, uh, the pixelated model kind of like shifting from to, to, to show impact has occurred. Seven gave us a little bit more animation. It made me feel as if what I was doing uh, was hitting a little bit harder, had a little bit more oomph and more punch to it. I really dug the concept of limit breaks. So you would be building up, you would build up the um, limit break meter, which I guess occurs when you are attacked. So, you know, the concept, you've reached your limit. And each character had their own special move. So it was like just this fun, cool animation thing that you were looking forward to. And it was a little extra layer on top of uh, the prescribed magic attacks and stuff. And in addition to that, there were those uh, fun, unique spells that you could get. Now, Six had those too. But here's what I thought was really cool was the, the flexibility. With seven, it was all just about the materia. And depending on the type of materia that was attached, different people could have different magic attacks. You could have one person be your thief. You could have one person be your wizard. You could have one person just be like your all-arounder. Whereas with six, everyone was more slotted into the categories that they, that, that they had. Only the thief could steal. Only the ninja could do. Only the brawler could do fighting uh, fighting attacks. Only Terra could do actual magic. Uh, her and um, Sarah's. So while both concepts are good, I feel as if the turn-based nature of seven because the combat was a little bit slowed down, it felt a little bit more gripping to me. So I think the combat in seven was better than the combat in six. And I think part of the reason is because of the advanced technology. I think, I think the, the reaction of the, the foes, the recoil, the, the ability to, um, give us a little bit more depth of field and depth of vision in terms of what's actually we're seeing happen I gotta give it to 7 instead of 6 and yeah you're gonna notice a trend but that's why I'm talking about I think Final Fantasy 7 is an overall uh, objectively better game than 6 oh word up word up now if we're gonna compare story and this is where things get a little bit trickier because this is where people say that it's not the graphics that make the game, it's the storytelling, it's the gameplay. And they say that Final Fantasy VI has a superior story, that Kefka is a more dangerous and threatening villain than Sephiroth, that Sephiroth was a little bit more unnecessary and ridiculous. I could not agree more. I think that that is the uh, gla the nostalgia glasses getting a little bit carried away. Kefka is over the top, non-subtle, and evil for the sake of evil. I think Sephiroth was a much more deftly handled 
villain in the fact that he's not just a quote-unquote bad guy because he's a bad guy. He's almost a sympathetic character. His issues are, in a lot of senses, relatable. Abandonment, wanting to uh, fit in, wanting praise, not really knowing who he is, uh, wanting to be the one whom his quote-unquote mother loves. And because of how things have sort of turned out for him and how he's not really gaining what he feels like he needs in order to be a whole person, that's where the bad decisions and the evilness ends up coming from. Whereas Kefka, he's like, well, shit, I'm getting my evil on. Basically, he's the cackling, mustache-twisting, tie a woman to a car over-the-top ridiculous villain. And he did some bad shit. And his motivation is that he just wants to do bad shit, I suppose. And that's where I think the disconnect is. I think they just saw him first. Kefka was strong. He was powerful. He was crazy. But I don't feel like he was a really good villain because he wasn't really attacking at Terra the way that Sephiroth attacked Cloud. There is an antagonist protagonist thing that has to happen where the best villains are the counterpart and almost the same but different as the hero. That's where you get the Batman and the Joker, how they're both crazy and the Joker feels as if it's his job to show Batman to reveal what Batman already knows about himself, that we're both the same. Actually, they're not crazy. They're the only sane ones and everyone else is crazy. and They are the only ones that get it. That's what he's doing. Um, Spider-Man and uh, the, the, the Green Goblin. They're similar, but they're different. Both brilliant. Both could succeed in businessman. Just one is ruthless and lacks empathy, lacks any type of sympathy or emotion for others. Spider-Man uses his powers and his brilliance for good. They're contrast. Sephiroth is the same with um, Cloud in that they could have very well been the same person. They came from the same place. They both came from Soldier. Is Kefka really a good foil for Terra? I don't really think he is. I think that they just needed someone evil that felt like a big bad, but there's no... The, the depth of the story is more in the personal experience of the side characters, which are all very strong. But I think from an overall standpoint, the story for Final Fantasy VII is a bit more direct, despite some of the little convoluted points. Uh, the impactful moments are a little bit more impactful because they're happening to the main character in a way that in six they're happening, but it's still, I still felt a little bit removed. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback on this one, but I really don't give a damn. That's kind of how I see it. I think that the story for Final Fantasy VII was handled a little bit better than uh, the story for Final Fantasy VI. And I think it's because VI's story was so strong that VII's story was able to improve upon that and take it into further and newer territories. I think the nostalgia glasses are real. Because, I mean, Super Mario 64 is a better game than Super Mario 3 in every way. Every way. And I love Super Mario 3. 
And that was the first real revolution of the Mario games since they first came out. That's why people feel like it's one of the greatest of all time. But 64 rocks.